Hello. Hey, Shelly. Hi. Hello, hello, listeners. We are in for an eventful episode today. Today, I've got an awesome, amazing guest on with me. Let me tell you a little something about this lady that I have on the call today. This woman is actually my family. She's my cousin. And she is actually responsible for me reading my first book. She probably doesn't even remember that. She taught me to read when I was little. So she was a lot like a big sister to me. And she probably doesn't even know that. But I love her very much. She's my cousin. And she's also like my personal rendition of like a Michelle Obama. Just the gritty version. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Davina Peters Natter Dessa. Hello, my darling. Hey, oh, that was so sweet. Thank you for so much love. Anytime, anytime. I am over the moon that you have time to speak with me today, and especially with the content we're about to get into, but I love you so much. I just need the world to know. I love you, I respect you, and you are an awesome human being. I love you. Thank you, and you too. You uh, too. I try my best, and I want to just add a on top she just happens to be a Scorpio too and I know it's a Scorpio season out here hey but let's just let's get into this real quick first and foremost people we're gonna have a little bit of a different episode today because I'm gonna make this the family edition literally myself and I'm going to be speaking to Davina her husband and her son so it's going to be Shelly Ann speaking, or excuse me, International Shells. You see, I had to, I broke into that because I'm speaking to family. No one calls me that at home. But <laughs> it's going to be International Shells on a call with the Vesup family, a.k.a. the tribe called Ves. And I can't take credit for that. That's all Davina. <laughs> no, that's Jew. That's you, babe. Oh, that's Jew? Oh, that's my brother-in-law, Jew, over there. What's good, brother? Oh, he just walked downstairs. All right, no worries, but he's going to be in this because he's a big part of what we're going to be discussing today. But yeah, just, just got back in, so we were just just getting in from the precinct to go and make a statement because of the injustice yes. you know that what? we witnessed. Before we get into that, we're going to get into a full segment. I just wanted to introduce you, but this is going to be a heavy, heavy episode, people. I'm going to try my best to be as clear and as crisp as possible. Clarity. Is very important with this particular episode because of the content. So we're gonna, I'm gonna close out this segment. We're gonna start off fresh and have a full, full segment, and we're gonna have some real talk about a real situation that just transpired right outside Davina's home. Okay, so we're gonna be right back, Davina. Okay. Hey, we're back. Devine, are you there? Yes. How are you? I am very, very good. All right. Let's get into this. Now, last segment, you were mentioning that something transpired on your block. I know what happened, but the listeners don't. So can you just kind of glaze over what happened and what you witnessed? And we'll get into the reason why your husband had to go down and try to voice voice whatever happened, what he saw, and try to file a, a report of some sort. Please go ahead. We were just in our house a Saturday, you know, morning, afternoon, and someone uh, approached our house. So my son, Caden, started yelling like, dad, dad, 
this this man is at the door so I looked out the window from the office because I was doing some work in the office and I saw a person at the door and he was stumbling and he did look inebriated but I wasn't certain is he in fact inebriated is he pretending to be inebriated is he trying to like you know get into our house like I couldn't really tell what was going on so then that's when Julian answered the door and he addressed the man and he's like no um you know I'm not sure exactly what he said but he addressed him and the man walked away and he was having a hard time just leaving our front doorstep he was literally like stumbling and again I was like is there something else going I don't know is he like an undercover cop is he some is he a good guy bad like I just couldn't figure out what was going on and Katie's like no he's drunk he was all over the car he was he was there and I knew that something was wrong like he was on something and that's why I called for help and that's when he continued to proceed up the street so we were watching the man from the window at that point mm-hmm. and then he was walking and then all of a sudden he just collapsed oh he gosh. collapsed and his head hit the ground first oh my gosh. and he was just laying there like not getting up so then Caden ran frantically back in and was like oh my gosh he's out cold he's oh my gosh so it was scary it was scary and did you want to share how you felt, Kaden, when you saw that happen? Yeah, it was just like, um, it was kind of strange. It's like you just see a man fall and you just don't know what to do. And it's like, there's so many thoughts going through your mind. Like, right. should I go outside to help him? Should I stay inside? And so I was like, God told me, like, just go ask for help because oh, wow. it's safe to go outside. Wow. And he, that's what he did. So we went, he got his dad, which was the right thing to do. And then we were discussing it, Julian and I, and he was like, you know, um, we should call 911. And I'm like, 911? Why would we want to call the cops two hours in front of our house? Like, mm. and he's like, the man is unconscious. Like, he's, he's not moving and he's on the street. And I was like, mm, I don't know, because 911. It's, it's for some it's calling case of emergency but for others of a darker complexion mm. it means you have the potential to mm. be the person that is going mm. to be addressed as a criminal just mm. for being black and that's the truth so, so before there was, you- there was a lighter skin the man was a, a, a Spanish man mm-hmm. very light skin mm-hmm. so drunk that he couldn't even wake up couldn't even walk Mm-mm. and we're all black and we calling 911 so we actually were going back and forth on the call so Julian was like no this is the right thing to do there's someone that is unconscious you have to call 911 we need it um, it's a medical emergency necessity emergency and mm-hmm. even on the phone he called 311 first he called then it was such a runaround and to me I was like, this is God telling us we don't need them to come here. Before you go further, before you go further, I want to just double back on what you said a little earlier when you said that it was brought to your attention, you know, from your son. Hey, Caden, love you. you. It was brought to your attention by Caden, who you were very brave to speak of the way that you did, Caden. You did the right thing. 
when he brought up to your attention what was happening with this man, what his condition was, that he had passed out, that he looked, he appeared that he uh, had blacked out, he was non-responsive. From where you guys were standing, it looked like that. And then, you know, your husband did approach you on some, listen, we need to call 911. I kind of understand where you're coming from on that. And I actually made mention of this in a previous podcast, but I, you just hit it right on the head. Usually when people of RU <laughs> call the police, there's a good chance that you could be mistaken for the perpetrators, what I mentioned in a previous uh, podcast. So I totally understand the reason why you were apprehensive to want to call the cops. So granted, you live where you live, like she lives in Maryland. Am I right? Yes, Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay. Montgomery County is one of the wealthiest counties in Maryland. Let's be clear. I'm glad. But the thing that's clear is even in the wealthiest county, there's still areas that have more people that are not white. And that's just white colored skin. And where I was going with that was, is here you are, you're apprehensive about it because you know where you live. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's that New York mentality of yours that's still with you. It's not going to go anywhere because you think about the situation. And that was the point that I was, I, I wanted to intertwine this show with that last show with the similarities because sure. what I was sent a video and it was wild because what I saw in that video that was recorded in front of your home. And again, Davina, when I spoke with you, I told you I listened to it a few times well because I didn't know that it was you. I didn't know that was your house until I listened to it and I heard your voice. And I said, that's her. And then I heard you. I said, that's Julian. Mm-hmm. No, I would have never believed, imagined ever that that could be happening somewhere near you. Because I know your area. I know where you live. But that goes to show that you, as long as you black, it don't matter where you move. You can move to the richest neighborhood, the wealthiest zip code, the richest county, wherever. Guess what? You still black. Okay, this so let's get in front of our house. Literally. So let's continue on. So he passed out. Julian is trying to call the different numbers. And you said it was a runaround. And he said, that's what Julian said. Listen, I understand and I feel the same way that you do. Because 911, the police are not always there to help. They are not always there to help. But in this situation, this man is unconscious. Mm -hmm. This is the right thing to do. You can't just leave this man here, a human, lying unconsciously. 911 is the appropriate call, despite our reservations around police officers based on police brutality and the factual history that has come on America. Right. So we took the leap. Mm -hmm. We called 911. We stuck it out the 911 operator was not very helpful. Oh gosh. So many, he had to repeat the same thing at least seven times. It was like, wait a minute, what part don't you understand? There's a man that is passed out in front of our house. He is on the street. Like, as a human, how are you going to just walk by another human that is not conscious on the street? Like, literally, in the gutter. It's so wild because they tell you every second counts in an emergency. Imagine if this was a gunshot wound you were calling for. It it was a life or death situation where every single second in this phone call mattered. Mm -hmm. I'm blown away that it took this long for you to get help. So go on. I'm sorry. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And we even, you know, stated the man hit his head first. He went head first down. He's sitting there, been unconscious now for how long? And you're giving us the runaround on the phone. And for me, like I said, that just shows that they have no good intentions. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. And so when they did arrive, it wasn't even 
I don't even know. They came shortly after. And actually, in the time that it took for the police officers to arrive, the ambulance, we we requested fire and an ambulance. Police cars come, four police cars. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that our next door neighbor, who is a young 20s black man, he was just dropped home in an Uber. And he saw the man on the curb. Mm -hmm. So again, him as a good human, he's like, okay, well, let me not just cross over this man. Let me help him up. He actually lifted the man up, helped him regain consciousness, walked the man to to the wherever he was going to his, his friend or uncle's house. And then he was walking back to his house, which, again, is right next door to our house. So this all happened in what? Not even the span of five feet because everything was on the sidewalk. And he helped the man who was unconscious get to safety. And he was walking home. On his walk home, as he was walking back into his house, the police appeared. And then they were questioning him what happened. He said, oh, you know, I took care of it. I helped him. Whatever. So he's just minding his business at this point going into his house. Thinking he did the right thing. Thinking he did the right thing. Yes. Yes. So as a parent... It's a very perplexing situation because I have a 12 year old son. Mm-hmm. You know, he's thinking we doing the right. We can't just leave someone there <laughs> to just, you know, be unconscious and who's in front of our house. We're just not going to do anything. You're <laughs> supposed to call the police. That's what we're being taught and programmed. They are here to protect and serve. But what we learned this morning was that is an outright lie. As, at least in Montgomery County, it is. <laughs> Bold faced lie. And, and according to their their um, ethics code what did it say they're here to engage with the citizens meanwhile when we were asking questions that's none of your business this doesn't concern you because I don't we were just trying to understand how did you get here to help this other person who is laying on the street and then you end up approaching him and saying oh you smell like marijuana and then making assumptions and then went from you smell like something to let me throw you on your car in mm. your driveway Mm-mm-mm-mm. while you're sc- handcuff you while you're screaming and they're telling you to calm down then they turn to you and told you Davina to calm down I wasn't even out there at the um at that moment initially to tell you the truth Kaden was though maybe Kaden could give that side of the story well, from the video when I heard your voice the lady cop turned around and told you to calm down yeah, but I'm saying That's after the fact. I actually left because I could see it from happening from my window. So Kaden yes. and Julian were outside. I was actually in the house witnessing. And uh, then I came out. And that's when I came out and I was irate. But Kaden saw that previous part. Did you want right. to share that? Right. So what happened was I go outside and um I just see cops just questioning him. And then all I hear is the lady say to my dad, because my dad has my mom's phone, and she was he was recording. And then she has the nerve to tell my father, do you want to go to jail too? I'm like, what? How are you going to tell my dad that when he's actually trying to help the situation when there's four cops around this young black boy for nothing? And they're arresting him. They're double handcuffing him on his car. His face is pressed against the back window of his trunk. I'm like, what in the world's going on? 
and one, then and then they're telling him to back up. One second, Caden. To all the listeners, just so we're not confused here, this is a 12-year-old child explaining what he witnessed to a person who was innocent, who tried to help someone who was in need. This is what his lens picked up. This is a 12-year-old child talking. And Go so, ahead. And so it's like, they're supposed to protect us and you are pushing, there's like four cops pushing him on the car and one cop's like handcuffing him. I'm like, what? Like, that's not even right. I'm like, and you're supposed to protect us. And this is where our tax money is going. We're paying for you to save us. You know what I'm saying? Protect us. Mm. This is what we get. Mm. They were very offended. They were very offended when we said that. Oh, well, we pay you. You don't pay us. I'm like, oh, we absolutely do. We absolutely do. That's what, are you a private entity? Since when did the Montgomery County Police Department become a private entity? Last time I checked, it's thanks to the money that we pay in our taxes. Mm. But one thing that Caden referenced was J. Cole says it in his song. We don't have a choice where yes. the tax money goes. Yes. It's employing you, officer, mm. who is clearly racially profiling because we're calling you for this drunk Latino man who is clearly inebriated. And then you making a choice to let me arrest this young black boy who he is he is looks suspicious. He fits the description. What description? Latino drunk man? How? How does young black boy fit young, um, no, older Latino drunk man that's knocked out? I don't understand that. There's a disconnect. And then in being there getting infuriated as police officers when we are simply asking, because this was the most startling part for me was when I left my house and I was looking from the window and I was like, no, this has got to stop. Because that young boy... He was home by himself. Cause think about it, he's 20 something. He's old enough to be home by himself. His parents were not home. I'm like, can you imagine that? You leave the house Saturday morning to go run your errands. <laughs> his mother out getting groceries or whatever. And his father left the house and they come back to this. Because we as a community were looking to help another person in the community who was who was clearly in distress and needed help and support. And then instead they came and disrupted and then they had the audacity to say, oh, we're here to keep the peace. No, the neighborhood was very peaceful prior to you arriving. What peace are you keeping by hemming this man up and causing a scene and then calling for backup? What, oh what peace? Yeah, how many police officer cars did you see, Kaden? So what? it was like 18 of them because it was like the lady, um, she called for like backup and then like, you know, three cars just pulled up blocking our driveway and then we're like what's going on and then that's when we walked outside and i look up the block and all i hear is like dozens more sirens and so now they're just coming from everywhere dude like one was coming from the middle of the block the side of the block and then it was like more coming down the hill i'm like and then to the point where all you see is flashing lights i'm like what in the world is going on which this is the part that is so bizarre because she's saying because we need backup because of the situation is dangerous but the person that they have already apprehended four white officers well one black man who is in handcuffs double handcuffs who is clearly not going anywhere he's already detained he's not resisting he's not trying to run anywhere like i mean 
What do you well, mean? Well, he was doing all screaming from what I saw. I saw him screaming and yelling out for help. He didn't fight them, but he was using his voice as some kind of help me. I need someone to see this is happening to me, which is normal. Yeah, who wouldn't feel that's you know what that was the conversation that we were having as a family was you know how could this situation have gone differently because you know what the police officer said what you're supposed to do is just listen and follow directions when we're talking to you (laughs) so our concern and bewilderment is but how does that change when you know in fact what is going on and happening is unlawful Mm. they had no right first of all a suspicious smell of marijuana is not against the law. And they totally ignored the fact that this man is still unconscious and needs help. Where's that man? We don't know. We don't care. This is more important. It was like they were looking to tally up. An arrest of a black man is more points than a drunk Latino. Bonus. Hmm. Oh, and maybe we could find something because now we're going to search him illegally. And then when Julian brought it up, did you read him his rights? We don't need to read rights. Really? Huh. Because what they didn't know that Julian has his master's degree and taught law for many, Uh many years. But wait a minute, Davina. His complexion doesn't say that he has a master's degree and he taught law. What are we talking about right now? How do you expect him to look at that black man and think he's an educated black man on top of that? That's what made them so frustrated when he was speaking to them. He was making too much sense. Yeah, because knowledge is power. And what they want to do is continue to disempower Black people. They don't want you to be educated. Which is why, how long did they prevent Black people from learning how to read? Hundreds of years. And what? They're so intimidated by the color of your skin. The color of his skin is going to have the Latino officer call for additional squad cars. They approach that situation they in so it was it was a military style mm. versus according to the code of conduct for Montgomery County Public um Police Department says we are here for community policing that is not what happened that was military style they did not engage with the community or the citizens they said shut up i don't have to answer to you mm. You don't, we don't have to, you don't have to tell you anything. Who did they, you don't have any right. Sorry to cut you. Who did they say to shut up to? Julian. Oh, wow. You all need to be quiet. Who did, what did you hear, Kaden? So the lady tells my father to back off. I'm like, what? That was on the video. That was on the video. I caught that part. Like, can you please step back, like move away from this situation? You do not belong here. Like you are like invading uh, privacy and you're not belonging in the situation. I'm like, what? And then over here disrespecting, talking under their breath, saying, oh yeah, this man needs to shut up. I'm like, what? Don't disrespect my dad like that. Like, that's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Just total disrespect. You don't have any rights. We don't, you don't deserve to know. We don't owe you anything. It's like, this is our neighbor. This is ridiculous. We're on the sidewalk, which is, first of all, and then the other neighbors, which was a beautiful thing. And Caden did share that, that our neighborhood did stand together in solidarity of all, of all races. And I mean, for me, I was pushing the white man to the front. Maybe they'll feel more safe if they see more people that look white. Because it's it's blackness that you're afraid of. Because if a black man is already in handcuffs, four people are already holding him down. 
what are you afraid of? That there's more black people? Well, here, look, here's some white people. Does that make you feel better? Do you feel safe now? And the officer, she was Latina. Well, I'm not white. Okay, but obviously you are still threatened by black people. Because you must be so far removed from the fact that we all started off as black. Some people move further away from the equator, and that's why they have lighter skin. So what are you afraid of? That's what my girl... That's what my girl... That's what my girl Jane Ellis said the other day. I was fortunate enough to hear her get interviewed by someone else. I can just listen to that woman speak all day. Jane Elliott is, she's, she's just such an awesome icon. She's just such a wonderful educator. And that's the first thing she will say. I am not a white woman. I am a fair complected pale black woman. Cause that's what created me a black woman. Yeah. A lot of people can't take hearing things like that. And again, it's all ingrained. It's all trained. Like I said to you before, a lot of these police, they go in before they get the gun and the badge with these kinds of thoughts already in their mind. And it's already that's so once they get the gun and they get the badge and they get the authority, they already feel it. They know how to deal with it. It's a blanket way of behaving with people that look like us. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, so I'm like, they're saying they care. You know what I'm saying? And my dad was educating me about police and he was saying back in the day police were meant to retrieve runaway slaves Mm. so I'm like hmm that doesn't add up with what's going on today Mm. I'm saying and then it's kind of going into play because now they're just pinning down black people for nothing just Mm. like this kid this kid Mm. was helping him Mm. helping the man he was leaning on a tree and he's trying to help him up you know what I'm saying He's trying to do the right thing, and then he gets put in handcuffs just for helping somebody because he wow. smells of marijuana. I'm like, what? So after this point, after all this back and forth happened, they 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 clearly did apprehend the young man from next door, and they took him. What happened at that point? More police officers came. They kept they kept coming. <laughs> Even after he was in the squad car, more police officers were coming, and they were saying oh we're here to defuse the situation but they caused the situation Hmm. they caused the situation so it's like they created a conflict so that they had something to resolve i was like wow they must have been really bored must have been for a saturday afternoon because this show is going to be aired on sunday yeah but clearly honestly because it was early when you sent that video i was blown away i thought it was maybe something that you saw online and you posted it but i couldn't i was blown away to hear that it was you and i thought the worst that's why I was trying to reach out to you right after. Unbelievable. And you then even and then even for the for something for Caden to see as a young black man, 12 years old, as a young, young preteen, it makes you wonder. Like, you know, as a parent, it's like, what do you teach your children? Hmm. You know? Should should you reach out and try to help someone? Should you call 911? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to wrap up this segment with that. We're going to start fresh because I know after that, they then took him away and your husband tried to go to the police station to make sure that everything was going right. So I'm going to come back. We're going to speak about that a little bit when we come back. Give me one sec. I'll be back. Hey, Shelly. Hey, Davina. Hey. All right. So we're going to jump back into this. And at this point in this horrific situation that I think took place on your block, although no no one, you know, passed away or anything, it was just, this is the kind of stuff that lasts with you for a very long time. So after this point, 
the police all came, more came. They said they were trying to defuse the situation and they took him away. So then your husband then went to the police station to try to see, you know, to make sure, I suppose, that they were treating him right and they weren't, nothing fishy was going on. So he and you said one of your neighbors went to the police station? Yeah, well, actually, so we were, we were discussing it as a family. Right. And he was saying, you know, we have to exercise our rights. One thing that we do have is our voice. And it's important that we as citizens all stand up and let our voice be heard when something happens is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know, you're right. We do have a voice to share. I don't know if at their precinct is the appropriate place because it's going to be the same officers that are there and clearly they're not there to listen or help or protect or serve so I really didn't see the value in going to that police station but he felt like it was what he needed to do so he went he was going to go by himself because I was like well if you go then we should all go he's like nope I understand you're upset and you've been shaken up and so is Caden so you all stay home I'm going to go by myself Mm. and then God made it happen that the neighbor knocked on the door our white neighbor Dave. And I was like, oh Lord, that was like a white angel. Cause I was like, thank God. Now I felt better with him going to the police station with a white person. And you know, it's so messed up really quick. I just want to interject. I mean, I can scoff over here. I can kind of even chuckle, but the reason why I'm chuckling to myself is where are we? What year is it where you have to feel safe only when you have a white person alongside you because of where you're going? You know what I'm saying? And that's where we are unfortunately and when you said it to me i said well thank goodness he had a shield with him and i meant that it's unfortunate because the same way you know this young man was wrongfully hemmed up and taken in look at how far it went he got taken into wherever they took him you know jew could go there with good intentions just trying to make sure this man is not being you know beaten up on the way or anything worse can happen to him and we only really feel safe that he went because he went with the white neighbor it's a shame. Go ahead, Davina. Yeah, no, it is. And then only to get there and be mistreated again. Mm-hmm. So you're going as a concerned neighbor, as a citizen, doing the right thing again. Because mm-hmm. what we're taught, you know, you want to live through love, not through fear. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what he was standing by. Look, I'm going to do the best that I can because I know that I have a voice and it has to be heard. I was there. I was the one who called 911 in the first place. I have to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And then this one of the officers was you was using all different like intimidation tactics, like hovering over him, going into his purse. They were both seated. Him and the neighbor were seated, Julian and the neighbor, and then the officer comes over standing over him. Mm-hmm. Hovering like over him, like in terms of intimidating him and saying things that were inappropriate like oh well you know you all don't have any rights and Mm, 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 you don't pay for us and because they already got the note they already got the notice from the other police that were on the scene oh we got a live one coming in probably and i remember that was the same officer oh the the officer that he was talking to was there at the scene as well Uh he came later so he didn't even know what happened so he Uh was just giving his I don't read it. That's just how he feels. That's just how we felt about the situation. And I remember mentioning to you that I had a similar situation when I went to a police station to file a report because I was abused by a cop and their only defense behind them beating me up under surveillance was I thought I knew her. 
So when I went down to the police station, which happened just happened to be the Abner Luima station where he got sodomized by the cops, I went there to go and get my form and fill out my report against this cop, Officer DeBoer of the 70th precinct. I went to go and file my report against him. And I was told that they didn't have the proper forms and yeah. that I had to try to do it through mail or do it online at that time. This is 10 years ago. So they and sent this me- the exact same thing that happened with Julian today. He this. said, oh, tell, tell me what your report is. It's recorded now. My camera, my body camera's on. It's recorded. Tell me what your complaint is. He said, no, I want to put a written complaint. Oh, we don't have any forms. Mm-hmm. Same exact excuse. Yep, they oh, made they, they they go online. They made me go somewhere else, which was one police plaza, to go get the form that I needed. And when I arrived there, they told me I couldn't fill out the report there. I then had to go back to the station house of the person who I'm filing the report against. You see the runaround that they give you? And they told me I had to fill it out there. When I got there, I got to the desk sergeant, if that's who the person was, and it was a brown man with locks. And I came in and I said, hello. I told him my name and I told him I'm there to file a report. And he said to me, oh, it's you. Sit down over there and go fill it out. When I sat down, I sat on the bench. And the reason why it's so odd that I'm telling you this story because your mother was there with me. She went with me as support. So she saw this whole situation go down. I sat there, they surrounded us and I'm over here trying to fill out this report and they're looking at me like I'm trash. Like, oh, it's you. Like you're going against one of our brothers. Mm. Meanwhile, they look like me, but you have a problem with me writing a report against your quote unquote brother. Mm. Then I, because at that time I was living in Brooklyn, but my ID was still from my Queens address that I lived in prior to that, my driver's license. So I was then called a few days after this whole ordeal. I was called by my previous landlord asking, Hey, are you okay? And I said, yeah. She said, you know, in all the years that you lived in my residence, you know, and rented for me, I never had a problem with you. And I'm, I didn't know where she was going with that. And she was like, are you all right? She goes, you know, the police have been here every day this week and the week before are you okay they, said they just wanted to talk to you and when i she said she had enough when she said to them she's not here telling them i wasn't there and they thought she was making up a story dropping mm. in just to talk to me mm-hmm. you know all the, the tactics that they take in order to threaten you and, and try to deter you from writing any kind of statement against them Yep. They'd rather take the chances and, and call you out of your name and try to threaten you and intimidate you rather than you make a written report. And then I had to, you see, I told you it happened to me in the in the parking garage of my job. I had to get a subpoena to get the video footage from my job. Mm. So I can show an attorney, so I can show anybody. Then later on, the attorney then tells me he couldn't take on my case because I didn't have enough physical damage done to me. What? Exactly. So I said to him, so if I would have had a, enough, enough damage, if he would have broke my arm, would that have been better? He just said, it's not worth it taking on the case. And then he went on to say how he knew the cop. He was familiar with the precinct and the people in there. And he was pretty much telling me it wasn't worth it to take it on. Mm. So to bring it back to what happened with Jew, excuse me, Julian in the station when he was just trying to do his good deed for his neighbor you know with him being either threatened or having people say things under their breath or they're trying to do whatever scare tactics in there it's not new it's not new because they're looking at you like how dare you come in here to try to write a report about us Mm -hmm. go on i'm sorry go ahead 
No, they did the exact same thing. They surrounded him and the neighbor. Mm-hmm. The neighbor was looking to try to, you know, mediate the situation in terms of like, look, we just want to hear, we're just here to, you know, make it be known that that was wrong. What happened was wrong. And then they call for more officers to surround them, block the exits. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Insane. And well, you know what? What does that, how, how would one feel if something were to happen in the future? It makes you want to turn a blind eye because you know what happened when you were trying to do something good. Yep. It's which is why that, which is also probably why that, that um, lawyer didn't want to take your case. Yes, this is exactly it. And for Julian, you know, the both of you both grew up in New York. You know what I'm saying? I was saying to you a little while ago, it's not in common for a young, well, a man who's, let's just say in his 30s or 40s right now, when he was a teen, there's a good chance he was stopped a few times by police during that stop and frisk time. And they got used to it. They got numb to getting stopped and getting their pockets run through the same way people are numb to seeing that we're getting killed on a regular basis. Young, speak to someone in that age bracket between 35 and 45. And you'll be surprised by what you hear from them. And you know what's wild about it is that they probably never spoke up on it because of how often it happened. Mm-hmm. It's a wild thing. And it's just, it's odd to hear now someone like Caden, who I held in my hands, someone who you carried in your body and now and saw him as a little baby and now he's a bigger boy, to hear him actually verbalize how he feels about seeing what's going on. And this is in 2018? Really? The baby? I'm sorry, I gotta stop calling him a baby. He'll always be a baby to me. But <laughs> you got a 12-year-old making references to police being reminiscent of an overseer and slave catchers. What is going on in America? And it's like, just from like my perspective, it's like, how can you feel safe in your own neighborhood when that's going on? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they're supposed to protect us and how are we supposed to be able to say if that's what's happening right outside of our house. I have a question for you, Kaden. Mm-hmm. Let's just say hypothetically, and I hope nothing else bad happens, but how would you feel about reaching out to try to help someone in the future? If you see someone, let's just say it's a similar situation. You're home, you're a bigger boy. Let's just say you're 17. You're 17 years old, you're coming home from school and you happen to see this. Would you stop and help someone? Of course. Like, that's just a natural thing to do, you know? Just help them out. Hmm. Help, help someone else out, you know what I'm saying? What we talked about, though, what we learned from this as a family is, is that the biggest thing that we all need to know, and we teach Kaden this, is no one's there to save you. Right. You have to recognize that we are each individuals and we all have what we need inside of us. So that's what you have to utilize. All this calling for help is useless. Mm. If you need help, you have to be the help that you need. Mm. If we want to help someone, we have to help the best way that we can. Whether it's throwing water on a person if they unconscious in front of our house. I don't know. But you be the help that you need to be. You can't rely on anyone else. You can't depend on anyone else but yourself. And you for sure cannot depend on the police. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this is true. Unless it's to stir up a pot and arrest you for being black. That is insane. We're going to wrap this one up. I'll be right back to me.
Hey, we're back here. We're back. We're back with my cousin Davina and the Vesa family, aka a tribe called Vest Stand Up. Al. Yeah, I was just talking to Kaden. We're so just disturbed over this police police brutality that we just witnessed. It's such a, a shaken up experience. I'm so sorry you guys had to experience this together. It's bittersweet because you know I'm I'm glad that you guys got to experience it as a family at least. And you were able to band together and Hayden was able to see some good examples of what you do when you kick into gear and you become proactive with whatever situation that you're in. So I'm glad that you guys got to experience that together. I'm glad that you guys were there for that young man's sake. I'm glad someone was around that, you know, was able to, like I said, just be proactive at that very moment when it was necessary. And to your neighbor also that went down to the station with Julian and for your block just coming together, your neighbors getting together and trying to help this person out. So thank goodness that all the planets were aligned and everyone was together. And this happened on a day when everyone could help him. Because imagine if this had happened at night when it's just, thank goodness it happened the way, I'm sorry it happened, but I'm glad it happened the way that it did with the people who were around to help. So what do you think going forward, what do you think we can do to try to encourage people to open up their eyes and figure out what's going on and evoke more awareness about what's going on? Because just because your zip code is what it is, it doesn't mean you get better treatment by the police or whatever. This is proof. This is proof because we hear about it. They even have a, a show called the Housewives of Potomac, I think it is. That's isn't that based in Maryland? Yeah, Housewives of Potomac is like ten minutes away from here. But this is what I'm saying. Your zip code doesn't determine the kind of care and policing that you get in your area. Because you would think it would be a lot better because of where you guys live. You know what I'm saying? But Or we we thought that we were in that we were safe to call nine one one, but that was that's not the truth. What we learned was what did you learn, Kate? Well, what I learned is like you can't trust the police. You can't trust them because they'll turn their back on you just like that. You know what I'm saying? Within seconds, and it's just like, wow, like it's just so sad and just to see that happen. It's just so traumatizing. Like, dang, that's the world we live in. It's unfortunate that you feel this way as a young man. It's so sad because in schools or wherever, they're force-feeding you guys that these are the people you turn to for help. Yeah, and that we're supposed to look for them, you know what I'm saying, when we're in need of help, you know what I'm saying, and we're endangered. So what do we do, Kaden? What do you think we should do? Because at the end of the day, sometimes we do all need some help. So let's just say someone's in distress. What should they do? What do you think we should do? I'm saying you can help them, but it's not always about calling the police because you can't trust them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's just looking back on the situation, it's like so many things could have went wrong. Like I was scared for my dad. I didn't want him to get shot. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like those police officers were like standing near us. It's like, dang, it's so scary. And you know what I'm saying? Just looking at it from my view, it's like, what in the world's going on? more police officers are coming when there's already like 18 of them well what i will say also is uh, i know at the top of the podcast i said it was going to be the entire family but you know i can understand that you know julian is still shaken up but i thank him so much for being so brave and stepping up and helping out his fellow man and a neighbor and someone who 
just needed to know that someone had his back, you know, because the role could have been reversed. And like you said, Kaden, that could have easily been your dad in that position. So he's yeah. doing what he probably would want someone to do for him as well, you know? So mm-hmm. I thank Julian for being so brave and stepping up and doing what, you know, he thought was right, what he knew in his heart was right. He even went as far as to go to the police station and speak up and I commend him. So Jew, I know you're gonna hear this. Thank you, brother. You know, I always respect you. I hold you at a certain esteem. And what's crazier is that I actually reached out to you guys because I wanted to record another podcast with Julian and speak about uh, the school system. And it just so happened that this was transpiring when I was reaching out to you guys. So it's like, I guess we felt that, I don't know, felt like we should have been connected today somehow, some way. Yeah, but, that's God. That's God. Was the Holy Spirit was sending you to call us because we was looking to call you, and and it's issues like this that we have to address. Because it's like people see videos, people see pictures, people know innocent black men are dying, and they're just like, oh, you know, just keep it moving. Like this it is what it is. We're becoming so numb. It's become a norm, mm-hmm. a sad, pitiful norm. Mm. And everyone's just turning their eyes. You know, there were some neighbors that were just out walking their dog, just looking, but not necessarily saying like this is this is not right, this is wrong. So it's gonna take more people that are willing to say no, this is wrong. And it doesn't matter if I know this person or I don't know this person, but I do know that wrong is wrong. Hmm. you don't treat people like that you're absolutely right and and what we need and we actually spoke about this very briefly before was what we need is when situations like this happen and people do want to step up and take a stand it takes more than saying all right i'm going to protest for today and tomorrow up I got to go somewhere that day. I'm going to skip that day. I understand people have their lives, but you can't just protest or try to say that you're trying to make change. And, you know, it's in a few days and then boom, you're done with it. That's not how change happens. You know, and I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, we haven't seen teenagers and young people as strong as they were in the 60s ever again. We never seen them like that. Because when you look back in these history books, you look at this old footage of people who got hosed down in the street for justice. And, you know, they got beat down and attacked with dogs and things like that. When you look back on those times and when they tell you the ages of these people, they're young people, 15, mm-hmm. 16 years old. What I would do to have a group, a solid group of young people like that, again, who understands that whatever you do now will affect you in the future. Your voice does matter. Speak up, stand up. You're the ones that are going to make change. And Caden, I see you as being one of those young men and you're making me so proud Davina, Davina, thank you and Julian for the job you're doing with him. You already know I love him. I'm biased because I love him anyway. But you guys are doing a fantastic job with this young man by opening his eyes and showing him what's real. You can't always coddle your kids and try to mask them from the truth or shelter them from the truth because when they're not with you, they're dealing with real life by themselves and they need to know what's happening out there. You're right. They need to know what's happening. And sometimes seeing is believing. Yes. Because I know how, like, as a preteen, sometimes in school, you probably see other kids acting like, you know, buffoons. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not going to say that we always put ourselves in the best light as black people. But in every race, it's going to be people. Like, it's people that's out there, white trash, doing crazy stuff. You know what I mean? And in every, in any, in any nationality, it's always going to be other people that's just not in the most positive light. 
but as black people we have a lot more negatives that are put against us and as a young black man you have to know that and it really is as a black person you have to work twice as hard to get half as much mm-hmm. you know like, it's wild it's wild that you brought that up because I was having a similar situation you know this is one of the reasons why I actually wanted to bring on this podcast and and move in this kind of direction it's not gonna first off this is not a podcast that's like blasting police and and authority figures and, and you know nothing like that that's not what this is about it's talking about what's really happening and I'm so sick of things like this happening and people glazing over it to try to be politically correct to make other people comfortable no these things are really happening to us it's really happening and what are we gonna do yeah no you're right because our neighbors that are that the white neighbor it was made him very uncomfortable to be faced with the fact that no because you're white there is a privilege with being white and they feel safe because you're white so please show your white face wow let them feel comfortable because they need to see someone white in order to feel comfortable even if it's a spanish person the spanish people want to see white people to feel safe Hmm. yeah and it was just like you know what i'm saying just i you know you could see all those videos um black people being like treated like that you know what i'm saying and being shot for no reason being pulled over but mm-hmm. just to see it for your yourself in real life mm-hmm. like in front of your face is just so crazy and it just give you snaps back makes you snap back into reality like they're not they are not here to protect you you know what i'm saying they're just here to get their check wow Oof. Wow, wow, wow. Well, also eye-opening, like you said. White people don't want to admit that they have white privilege and they are treated differently because they're white. Or Spanish people don't want to admit that, you know what, I am lighter skin. My hair is straighter. Let me rock with the white people because they getting more benefits. Mm. It's wild crazy. Again, it's everything is to try to make certain classes and certain people feel comfortable and in this case it's the white people we're talking about like i'm not going to say things a certain way that happened to me or or explain a certain situation a certain way only because you're around and you're going to be offended if i say the real no this is what's going down this is what's happening and people are ignoring it but the thing is is that's also the reason why the whole movement behind black lives matter and the reason why it's a single out on black lives matter because it's only black men black people black women black men that are being treated like this because it's not happening we don't have we don't hear about latino people being arrested and manhandled right in front of their house we don't hear about that happening to white people nope. we just don't at least i have not heard of it if nope. they're a jewish person in you know, fact I, jewish people i've been through the struggle i hear y'all gay people i've been through the struggle i hear y'all but let's stop let's stop trying to act like black people are not at a disadvantage because if you walking into your house as a black man and then out of nowhere bam you on top of your own car and now you're being arrested and taken away that's only happening to black people or you know let's take it a step further you know to this young man god bless his soul what two months ago now you're at home you're at home and you get killed in your home and this cop who kills you in your home still has certain rights as they say they they had she had rights so they protected her identity until they were re- ready to release who she was because of her rights as a police officer but then they wanted to do what 
what did they plant on the young man? They said he had what? He had marijuana in his possession. His possession. Mm-hmm. You killed the person. They totally omit what what the actual crime was. Mm-hmm. But he, when we went through his home, he had X Y Z. So you're gonna totally omit the fact that this person killed someone in their home. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's enough is enough. Enough is enough, and they wonder why people are walking around feeling away and on edge and. You know, like, I can't tell you how many different videos that people think it's funny to show these different white people that have a gun in their waist, a gun on their shoulder, and the cop is approaching them with their bare hands up talking about, hey, calm down, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. But you'll say that someone you thought a black man had a gun, so you'll kill him just on what you thought. Yeah, oh, we don't feel safe. That's it, that's all you have to say. I know for a fact that this is going to bring on a lot of ill feelings from the people that I know in law enforcement because my previous podcast brought on some emotion as well, you know, but the fact is the fact and all I can, all I can get from that is you don't want to hear the truth. The truth hurts. It hurts. And when you hear these different examples from real life experience, people who have been harassed by the police, wrongfully arrested by the police, beaten by the police, it hurts to hear it in return. I had a horrible discussion with someone in law enforcement. And when they hear this, they're going to know who they are. Uh, They were talking about stopping someone and giving them a ticket. And the person who was getting the ticket, of course, was angry over it because they thought it was it was not warranted. So what happens? They balled it up. They threw it on the ground. They got another ticket behind that. Mm. While they're getting that ticket written, they're talking. They're saying what they're saying to the police. Words are words. Words are words. What happened? The cop couldn't take the words that were coming after the second ticket. So they yoked this person out of their car, threw them on the hood, cuffed them and took them in. I asked the person, why did you do that? Why did you arrest them? The response was, and he had a smirk on his face because he was being a jerk. Because someone's being a jerk and you don't like what they're saying, you're gonna yoke them out their car and arrest them. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, if you weren't in the in that uniform, the same thing could pretty much happen to you. Yeah, you know that was one thing we actually learned from Julian in this situation. I could say because I was definitely irate and did not lower my voice. I was and I was very boisterous and letting my discontent be expressed. Julian, however, he took a different road when the officer was hovering over him at the station and when they were even just being disrespectful, he addressed them with gratitude. Yes. Thank you, officer, for your service. Thank you for risking your life every day. Thank you for all that you do. Julian. Thank you for being a hero. Oh, Jew, I love you, brother. But you know what he did with that? He killed them with the kindness and that in itself was a weapon. And I know pissed them off with that oh you should have seen him shrink that i wish we had on tape is that man shrinking shrinking because love does surpass evil Mm -hmm. so as much as it's not like we're saying if you see a person in need walk right past them i'm just saying don't call 911 we're not doing that again no but you can you can help people through love because and and when people are evil like that and not all police officers are evil i would i would hope not i don't know maybe it's it's okay to have a glimmer of hope but 
at least we know for sure the ones from Montgomery County that we saw today definitely had a lot of evil in them. Their soul was clogged. Let's leave it at that. Wow. And you know what I saw? It was like they were using the fact that, oh, yeah, we got a badge and a gun as, okay, that means that we could do whatever we want. You know what I'm saying? That's what trying to make it seem like they're bigger than us and they're the oppressor and we have to listen to you and we take orders from you and you don't talk back. Like, this is not middle school. You don't tell an adult what to do. They have the right. And that's coming from a 12-year-old. And you know what that is, Caden? That's called misuse of authority. Mm-hmm. Yep. Their authority. And it's just, it's a bully tactic because we're going through the same thing right now with Cheeto 45 in the White House. He's trying to use bully tactics. Mm-hmm. And it's right in your face. Nothing's logical. He's going to say something, for instance, what he recently said about, uh, I call a Queen Maxine. Miss what Miss Maxine Ward is one of the most brilliant individuals we've ever had the privilege of seeing represent us in Congress. And he speaks about her like he's speaking to about a dog. In fact, he called another black woman a dog in public. But this is just this is how he deals with things. Shameful. It's disgusting and shameful. You're absolutely right, baby. I love you so much, Caden. You give me hope that there are other parents that are trying to instill the same things in our future because we're going to get old someday. And I hope to goodness you're going to be the one up there speaking up for us the same way Miss uh, Maxine Waters does, the way Angela Rye does, the way all these people who stand up for us do. I look forward to you being a voice for us, being a vessel for us. Because you have what, oh, you warm my heart. You warm my heart. I love you so much, boy. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I thank you guys so much for taking the time to speak out about what happened. I apologize that it happened, but like I said, it's bittersweet. I'm glad that it happened while you guys were a family and you guys kicked into high gear and you helped out a fellow neighbor and human being. So I thank you so much. Tell Julie and I said thank you. And he's super brave and he's the hero of the day. And I'm so proud of all of you for banding together as a family and doing what needed to be done. I love you guys. Love you too. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Anytime. A tribe called Vess, everybody. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. This was definitely an interesting look into a day in the life of a black family in a I would like to say a popular neighborhood in Maryland you know it's like she said like Davina said rather my cousin you know, she lives 10 minutes away from Potomac this place is on television they glorify it and it's a shame that a place like this and I've been there. I've been to Silver Springs where she lives. I've been there. I, I know her neighborhood. And I still can't get over the fact that this happened there today. Um, it's just, it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's wild. And, you know, just to hear the reenactment of what they had to go through today. It's real life, people. 
this is happening. These things are happening. And just because it's not on the news, it doesn't mean that it's not going on. So, special shout to a tribe called Vess. Today was a day where you all know you had different plans. You were going to go and do what you were going to do. And this kind of situation literally came to your doorstep. And you all did what you were supposed to do. You know, you discussed a few things in between as a family. And you all made the best decisions that you could to try to handle the situation the best way that you all thought that you should. Special, special shout out to my cousin Julian. Today, man, you were the perfect example of a man that's gonna talk about it and then be about it. And uh, I applaud you for taking the initiative to be a good neighbor. Of course, you discussed whatever you had to discuss at home, but then you did what the best thing that you should do as a human. You did that, you know, and look at that. According to what you know, I was speaking to Davina, you know, you all deliberated and you weren't really on the right, the same page, I should say, but you knew as a, as a human being, you, this is, this was the right thing to do. And for that, I'm thankful that you are the man that Caden has to look up to. You are a model citizen and you definitely exemplified what it is to literally love thy neighbor. And I'm proud of you, brother. And Bless you, man. Bless you. Bless you. I'm proud to call you family. People, this is what it is. Again, just because you don't see it on TV doesn't mean it isn't happening. All right. So hopefully after listening to this, you'll take a moment and you'll think to yourself, you know, what would I want someone to do? Should I get into a situation if something happens to me? If something is going on with me and either police or someone in the street or if I'm in distress and I need help, what would I want someone to do for me? So, you know, I live by the whole, you know, do for others, you know, as you would want them to do for you. So this was a, it was a rough day and I'm proud to call these individuals my family. And it just has you kind of look at life a little differently. I'm glad that this didn't end in a tragic end. But I am glad that the group of people that were there were able to kick into full gear and help out their neighbor. Respect to Davina's neighbor who also went down to the police station with Julian. I believe their name was... Dave, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that, but whoever the neighbor was that went with Julian to the police station, I thank you too, because you also exemplified what it is to love thy neighbor and you knew what was going on was wrong. So thanks to you for going out there, literally on a limb, 
and putting your neck out there for someone who is not your family, but you knew they were being treated wrong. So today was just an awesome display of humanity. You know, put everything on the side, put everything on the shelf. When it comes down to it, how do you want people to react? Should you be the one in the position of that young man who initially tried to do something right and it turned all the way around and it went wrong? Take a minute and let that marinate. That's it, people. Remember, be positive like the blood type and your time is your most valuable commodity don't waste it for everyone later people